0: For joining me is Sandoval Bench Podcast. Your host Daniel Sandoval. Uh, we had some breaking news earlier today. James Harden got finally got traded to his destination, number one team he wanted to go to, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kyrie Irving was not part of that. Um, we'll get into him here shortly. Uh, my first reaction was, man, I am bummed that I don't get to see Kevin Durant uh, playing, kind of running the team by himself with no, uh, no second superstar. He has played a few games since Kyrie has disappeared off the face of the earth uh, because the earth is flat and he probably fell off the side. Um, so people are looking for him now. Um, yeah, he's just been balling. Uh, Kevin Durant has been playing really well. Um, dude just wants to play basketball, man. So uh, the trade got, got done pretty quickly um, after yesterday. Harden's uh, comments yesterday after their loss, their blowout loss to the Lakers, back to back losses to them. Um, I'll play those. Um, I'll play that sound bite here in a bit. Uh, but just, just to recap, uh, the Rockets—it was a three-team or four-team deal. Uh, the Rockets got Victor Oladipo, uh, Dante Exum, uh, a couple other players, three first-rounders, and then uh, four Brooklyn Nets first-round swaps. And, uh, and yeah, I think that was it. The Nets got James Harden. Pacers got Karis Lavert, which is a great pickup from them. For them, I love that because uh, uh, originally Karis Lavert had gone to Houston, which I thought was great. Um, it would help Houston scoring and stuff, and he'd be that next option. But they traded him for for uh, Oladipo for some reason. Personally, I'd rather have Lavert. Lavert is really good young guy, um, and now Indi- Indiana uh, they got him. They'll have T.J. Warren back. They got some shooters. You know, they're Indiana's gonna be a good team. Um, I don't know about this year right away, but you know, over time they'll, they'll be good. Um, and then they also got a second rounder. The Cavaliers got Jared Allen and Torian Prince. I love this pickup for uh, for Cleveland. Jared Allen, in my opinion, was the better the better center there with Brooklyn, uh, but they keep starting DeAndre Jordan because he's buddy buddies with fucking uh, with Kyrie and and KD. Um, so you lose some depth there. Losing Torian Prince and Jared Allen and and, uh, Karis LeVert. Um, And then they already don't have Spencer Dinwiddie for the rest of the year. Um, But, you know, you got the talent there. These are three generational talents all on one team. The only one that I think is really, uh, you know, a guarantee to produce at the same level every game is Kevin Durant. You know, because we saw what he did in the finals multiple times. We've seen him in big games, big spots. I mean, he's been scoring at least 20 points per game since his rookie year, and um, you know, right now, what is he? I think he's at 29 a game. He's just he's great defensively. He he hasn't lost a step at all. Then you have Kyrie, and with Kyrie, when he wants it, he he's great. But he Kyrie just. It seems like a guy who, who's gonna retire early, right? He just he's he's not all the way in, you know. They just signed that fat contract last year, and then, um, KD they brought KD in, and then KD and Kyrie got uh, their head coach fired, then they brought in Steve Nash, and then uh, Kyrie, uh, basically said that hey, Steve Nash is really the coach. We have different people who are gonna be. You know, sharing their input and things like that as far as coaching decisions go, which is so disrespectful to Steve Nash. And, you know, poor Steve Nash, this is his first coaching job. They're like, hey, man, you know, we'll we'll give you the keys to the car. Uh, You got KD there, you got Kyrie, got a really deep team, man. Um, You're definitely, you're probably going to be the number one top three seed for sure if everyone shows up, everyone's healthy, and everyone buys in. Uh, But Kyrie just disappeared uh this was after the the capital storming on the 6th he he said he was taking a personal day and then they hadn't heard from him at all and uh steve nash didn't know anything about it but some of the players knew uh he was taking a personal day and most of the people thought it was because of the riots and stuff um but then he just stopped showing up he's missed like four games now no one has really heard from him uh, he was on a Zoom call yesterday with, um, I forget what her name is. She's from Sex and the City, not Carrie Bradshaw, not Samantha, not Charlotte, but the other one, the fourth one with short hair. Uh, she was on there. There were, um, they were on a Zoom call with a district attorney who's up for re-election, in New York City, and that was scheduled to start at seven o'clock. And he had a game that night at seven thirty. And he didn't tell uh, Steve Nash what he was doing. He didn't tell anyone on the team what he was doing after that, and so he just hasn't shown up. You know, again, you know, you can take a mental health day. That's what he said. That's what was um, what was out there as far as reports is what happened. But you can't continue to keep keep you know missing games. I mean, you're getting paid thirty three million dollars. You got to at least communicate with your manager, who's your who's your coach. You got to let management know, hey, man, this is what's going on. This is how I feel about certain things. You know, there's other players who are social uh, justice warriors. They kind of they, they help the community out. And I want to highlight that, too, with Kyrie. he um, he Recently he offered scholarships for I think it was 20 uh, students or something um, from HBCU uh, colleges and universities, and he paid for their tuition. You know, and he said that he's, uh, he's inspired by them and, he, you know, they could be the next leaders and all that stuff. So he does a lot of stuff um for the community but this he's just like so blind sometimes with with this stuff you know like because LeBron plays it perfectly he knows how to balance all these different things and Kyrie he just like he's so erratic him and Harden and then he just disappears and he still hasn't shown up and apparently there is a apparently uh he's upset still with the Nets that they didn't consult with him before hiring Steve Nash, and now he's not really talking to Kevin Durant, that their uh, relationship is distant. And uh, another thing to note, uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie have player options on the final year of their contracts, which means all three players can become unrestricted free agents after next season. And the Nets traded all their first-round picks to get Harden. So they really need this to go well. Um, for all parties involved, basically. I mean, because uh, cause Katie could just opt out once this train wreck happens. Because um, more on Kyrie, it's one thing to take uh, mental health breaks and stuff like that from work. Uh, but then there was a video of him at his sister's birthday party or something uh, with no mask on. So now the NBA is investigating for the safety and healthy protocols. Regarding COVID, so he's going to be out at least uh, through the weekend. And, you know, there was previous reports uh, regarding Kyrie and a potential Harden uh, to Brooklyn deal was that he didn't want that. He just wanted it to be KD, him and KD and, you know, just kind of run the show there. Uh, But now I wonder how he feels about the trade, if he's going to show up or or if he's going to retire. Like, he's just a different dude, man. I don't know. He's just not all the way in it. You know, you would never see this from Chris Paul. Curry, Westbrook, none of these guys. You'd see this from Harden probably, because we've seen him, you know, at the club and stuff like that. But um, you know, Harden. They asked him like, "Hey, uh, what are your thoughts on the DC riots?" He's like, "I didn't see it. Like, it was all over the news. It's all everyone was talking about." He's like, "Oh, I didn't see it. Like, okay, thank you, James." Um, but. You know the the Nets. They they really took a gamble here. Uh, We talked about this on another podcast uh, of mine. I mean, the last one I said that they're gonna um, they're gonna go to the finals. You know, if if Kyrie buys in, but it's what eight games in, and Kyrie's just gone. So now you got all three of them. Uh, James Harden gets reunited with KD. They're bringing back. He's trying to reunite with all his teammates here. Um, I think. You know, you need KD to be the vocal leader and the leader on the court. The offense needs to run through him. He's the best player on that team. He's the best professional. He's the most consistent player on and off the court. You know what he's going to do. He's predictable in a good way as far as, um, you know, he's not all over the place like uh, like KD, or not KD, like Kyrie and Harden are. Um, you know, he's a proven winner. Finals MVP two times. You know, he can. He needs to be the one that, you know, kind of holds people accountable. But, you know, he hasn't been that guy in the past. It was Draymond at Golden State, you know, some Curry here and there um, in Oklahoma City. It was Russell Westbrook. He's just a hooper. He just wants to play basketball, you know. But he's going to have to take more of a leadership role, you know, with this roster as it's constructed. uh, Because Steve Nash, I don't think he could be that guy. Um, you know, because he's having to defend Kyrie to the media, but he has no idea when Kyrie's going to show up. You know, poor poor Steve Nash there. You know, I love Steve Nash, and he's just he's just kind of getting a bad, um, a bad draw here. You know, with these guys. But if he can get all of them on the same page, this team can win the finals. Actually, no, I, I think the Lakers are for sure winning this this year. But they can go to the finals. You know, depending where they go next year, if they stay next year, they could be even better. Um, you know they do have a weak spot there with DeAndre Jordan, but it just needs to get them to buy in, and they can they can be a good team. But um, yeah, it's all on on Kyrie and Harden. Um, I wanted to play some audio because yesterday uh, the Lakers and the and the Rockets had played, and uh, James had a, a post uh, post game press conference and just basically bagged on. Everyone on, in the Rockets organization, pretty much, and then this put Houston in a difficult spot, and they had a they had to trade him because they knew it wasn't going to work because his comments he threw his other teammates under the bus, and you know they were mad about it, and um, you know so they had to they had to make a deal fast. They couldn't have him back with the team at all before he was traded. So I'm going here's a, a snippet of uh, what James Harden said. Said after the game. James, are you surprised that? Y'all never made a run at all. I made a run at all in, the, in this one. We're just not good enough. Um, you know, we just we don't, we don't, uh, obviously, chemistry, talent wise, just everything. And it was clear, um, like I said, these last few games. Um, they just, you know, from, the, from the beginning of the game, they were just aggressive. Uh, vet, veteran team, obviously, uh, championship team, and, um, you know, one of the best teams that we have in this league. Um, you know, I love this city. Um, I literally, you know, done everything that I can. Um, you know, I mean, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks. So after that comment, he got up and left. I love that he, he throws out this very toxic, just team chemistry, killing remark. And then says, uh, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I I remember just wa- I watched that live yesterday, and I just thought, man, if I was on the Rockets, if I'm like John Wall or I'm DeMarcus Cousins, first first time I see him, the next day at practice, I'm going at him. I'm calling him out because he has obviously been mailing it in. If you look at his game log from uh, his stats from the last few games, he has like 15 points, 12 points, 21 points, 20 points random assists like he's just mailing it in dude is just giving up until he got traded he got his wish and this you know kills player empowerment because now they could just throw a tantrum and they can just you know get traded anywhere you know we got to be a pro player but there's a line there we got to be a balance like I, i wish they didn't trade him uh to brooklyn you know philly was in there too but that's also another destination that he wanted to go to so they had the levers. The Rockets had levers and they caved in to their, to their disgruntled superstar who's just killing the roster. Um, but, yeah, I would have called them out and said, hey, man, look, you're you're giving up on the team. We have some players here who want to play. John Wall hasn't played in, in two years. You know, the Rockets have a lot to uh, to look forward to. They got a lot of nice stories there. After the two years, John Wall's averaging 25-5. and five. He looks good. He looks like his old self, something similar. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, he's been battling his last few years. We saw, um, you know, some glimpses in the finals with the Warriors, and he got injured. He was battling, and then uh, he got injured uh, with the Lakers and was out. And then now he's back on the court, you know, backing up Christian Wood. Christian Wood, he went undrafted. Um, he, his girlfriend famously broke up with him after he didn't go. He went undrafted. He was having a draft party. She, he dropped her off at the airport. Never heard from her again. And now he's starting. He's got some minutes. I don't have his numbers in front of me. But I think he's averaging 18-7. You'll have to look that up and correct me if I'm wrong. But he's playing really well. They got, they got some nice pieces there. They're a deep team. They still got P.J. Tucker. They still got Eric Gordon. You know, I like Steven Silas. Steven Silas, too. I feel bad for him, man. It, it, just like Steve Nash. Hey, man, this is your first, uh, your first coaching job. We'll give you the keys to the car. You got James Harden. You got a deep team. You know, uh, this team's been in the playoffs for a while. You got Russell Westbrook. Oh, wait, nope. We're going to trade Russell Westbrook. We're going to give you John Wall. But you know what? John Wall has been a revelation for him. Uh, you know, they have the pieces to compete and make the playoffs, but I, I, I picked them to not make the playoffs because um, I figured James Harden would eventually get uh, traded. I wish he didn't get traded to Brooklyn where he wanted to because it just throws off everything for player empowerment. Like, when are the, uh, the, the teams and the owners going to win this where – Player at demands to be traded to a certain team, and they don't trade him. That's what they should do. They don't trade him to that team that he wants to go. Oh, you want to get traded? Here, go to fucking Detroit. I would have sent his ass to Detroit. I would send Kyrie to Detroit, too. And you know what? I'm actually surprised that Brooklyn wasn't like, hey, Houston, uh, we'll give you our head case, Kyrie Irving, for your head case, James Harden. I mean, at least James Harden shows up to the games, but if he doesn't think your team's going to win, he's just going to quit on you. So, in response to those uh, comments by James Harden, John Wall heard those and had some great comments himself. I'll play those here. Any day, a lot of guys here want to compete at a high level. And uh, like I told everybody tonight, and I told the guys before, when the one through fifteen guys all are on the same page, and they commit, they know their role, they know what they want to do, they know what they want to get out of this. And that's the win. you all to be fine. But when you have certain guys in the mix that don't want to buy in all as one it's going to be hard to do anything special do anything good as a basketball team. I've been on those teams. My legacy has been the league. I've been on a team like that my first five years where it was all about me, 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 not about the team. And that hurts. And it brings everybody down. So when we can get all on the same page, we can be something good here. And uh, we can't dwell down on it because it's only been nine games. Like, come on, man. You want to jump off the cliff off of nine games? There's a lot of basketball still to be played. Love that quote from John Wall. You know, uh there's a lot of maturity there. This is a, a different player, a different kind of person before. Um but yeah, became a big fan of John Wall for that. Uh you know, he's just you just gotta be professional. You can't quit on your teammates, can't quit on your new coach. You just can't quit, man. And you know, we were talking uh, they talked about Doug Peterson who was all over the news with the Eagles uh, pulling Jalen Hurts and saying that he quit and you can't do that. We don't talk about the players quitting. They always said that the the players don't tank. The players don't tank. Oh, they're gonna give their all all the time. Yeah, right. When you already got your fat contract like James Harden does, what's the point, right? He just quit on everyone, and no one's talking about that. He that he's been quitting, right? He's just been sagging on on defense. Doesn't really he's hasn't really been shooting the ball. He's been making like two threes a game, but usually he makes a lot more. Uh, he's just you know mailing it in, man. And when uh, Westbrook was traded for Wall, there was that report out there about uh, Harden not being enamored with playing with John Wall since he hasn't played in two years and all this. And, and, uh, so you knew there was going to be some bumps, but like he said, you know, when people don't buy in, you have this one black spot on offense and, and with the franchise who's just trying not to participate. He's trying his best not to participate. And, and that really brings the team down. So I feel for, for, uh, guys like, uh, like wall and, and, um, and Boogie Cousins and Christian Wood; these are guys who have just been fighting for ro- even PJ Tucker. If you look at PJ Tucker, you know he's been all over the all over the place with uh, with his career. You know he he got a chance with uh, with Phoenix a few years ago, but he was already in his 30s. You know he had to play overseas, and a lot of these guys were development guys. You know, and they had to really fight for their roster spots. So then they see this uh, this superstar James Harden just quitting on them, basically not even giving him a chance. It's been nine games, like he said, like. Like, at least, you know, try. You know, these guys are hungry. That's all you could hope for is people who are hungry and who are going to give their extra effort, you know, who are going to fight for you. Then uh, Boogie Cousins had some telling comments um, after Harden and and, uh, John Wall. I think this was today. Me, personally, I don't feel betrayed at all. Um, My interest in playing with John Wall, to be brutally honest. And uh, with that being said, um, the disrespect started way before you know, any interview, um, just the approach to training camp, uh, showing up the way he did, the, the antics off the court. I mean, the disrespect started way before. So, uh, this isn't something that, you know, all of a sudden happened, you know, last night. But with that being said, like I said, this is the nasty part of the business. So, uh, it is what it is. And that just highlights, you know, how these players are feeling. With James Harden, he's throwing them under the bus, saying they're not good enough, they can't compete, can't beat the Lakers. You know, which is probably true, but you don't want to hear that from your best player, because it's like, okay, man, you give up on us, and then get out of here. Then you know, and then so there was a report, you know, they had practice today, Uh, then he didn't show up. They said like, oh, um, you know, I guess it was a mutual agreement, like, hey, you shouldn't come, uh, because management was uh, working on on a trade because they had to get him out of there. They couldn't have him there. You know, that was going to spill over in practice. And there was probably going to be some fights, you know, because if I'm cousins, I'm taking some swings. He's going to hear from me. Cause I mean, cousins just came from the Lakers who won the championship class organization. You got LeBron as your leader. And then even before that, when he was with golden state, You know, you got KD. You got Draymond, who's the only one who's really head case. But he's a professional. He's going to show up and stuff. You know, you got Steve Kerr, You got some guys who, you know, that organization knows how to run. And, you know, they know how to um, to be professionals and stuff. So then he's with all those teams. And then he goes... Then he goes to Houston. And it's just a, it's just a train wreck. But you know, he just went there because he wanted to play with his friend John Wall. They, they played with uh, each other at Kentucky, so it wasn't really a James Harden thing. You know, he had already he must have heard or knew something before that Harden was wanting to come out. You know, you know, want to get traded and stuff. And Harden just he just he's on his own planet. And then Kyrie's on his own planet. And uh, Katie seems to be on Earth. He seems to be you know in the right spot. He came back from an Achilles injury you know that he uh suffered in the finals and now he has these two teammates who are just not giving their 100% all the time you know and he was with the warriors he saw clay go down you know he saw Stefan Draymond giving their all um Andre Iguodala you know you got Sean Livingston you know he probably misses the way that they were running things there but you know he obviously grew tired of it that's why he he went somewhere else he wanted a, a different a, you know a change of scenery but We'll see how long this lasts. Um, I think it's intriguing for the NBA. You probably won't see another big trade like this um, at least this year, probably for a while. Um, But, you know, this puts them in the driver's seat, I think, um, depending if they could get everything under control. Um, I'm happy for the Sixers not doing this, not trading Ben Simmons. You know, I've been kind of low on Ben Simmons in recent years, but uh, they're 8-4 right now. You know, um, Joel Embiid, has been dominant this year and they're I believe they're second in the east or first they're up they're like top three and then Boston's up there too um so I think they got to give another year they got to give it uh, a year with the same guys that they got you know Seth Curry's been looking good before he got COVID um I'll get into the COVID issue too here with the NBA soon Um, but you you got a new coach there you got Doc Rivers um he's a good coach and you got to Give them a chance to try to put it together this year. Uh, Danny Green finally hit some shots yesterday after being called out the night before. Um, so I'm glad they, they stood pat and and didn't trade uh, for James Harden because I don't know how him and Embiid would have uh, gelled. You know him and Simmons. You know they they they're playing well together right now. Um, but you know they've they've had some COVID issues, so they have people in and out of the lineup. Um, yeah. So going to that COVID thing. You know, there's a lot of – there's games. I think three games have gone postponed now. Um, You have people that are out. You know, I mentioned Seth Curry. um, Other guys who are testing – not testing positive, but as part of their health and safety protocol, part of uh, contact tracing. And the NBA kind of uh, dropping the ball, really, um, no pun intended. With COVID, you know, they – it just kind of became a mess. I think they should have done some sort of regional bubble, not like the bubble where they're going to Florida because you can't ask these guys to go there all season long. It made sense last year when you know it was in the middle of the season they had to finish the season. You know this year, you know you still you still see guys shaking hands, you know not wearing masks and stuff and just you know blowing it out. But now uh, NBA the governors met and they changed it so they have to um, they have to wear their masks on the sidelines all the time. Um, they can't, they can't, you know, uh, hug or shake hands or anything, but even though they're, they're like still pretty much like sharing the same basketball and stuff when they're playing, posting up on each other. Um, so I don't, I don't really know how they can do it. You know what they need to do though, is because when some of these guys are in like Miami or, or, or Phoenix, you know, they're in some cities where there's no lockdowns. You could just go out and do anything. So they need to make sure that these players are staying inside and you know, not going to other places where there's a bunch of people not wearing masks. They need to make sure that people aren't going to clubs not wearing masks, like Harden was. You know, guys like that. And you know, they honestly need to suspend guys. Suspend guys, not only find them because the people who are getting fined, they have enough money to you know make up for it, so it doesn't matter to them. But you know, it seems to be getting worse uh, before it's getting better. Um, I think we're going to see more games getting either postponed or. You know, so they, they might not even finish, like, the whole season, the whole 72 games each team, you know, so you might have an issue with that. But, you know, they're going to be like the NFL and the MLB. They're just going to play as many games as they can, like college football. They're just going to just keep playing until it's done. Um, so, yeah, you know, we'll see how that that you know, we will uh, keep an eye on that. You know, I, I realize I didn't even do my picks for the, the college football uh, playoff. I, I yeah I think I it was uh, Clemson playing Ohio State, um, I would have picked Clemson to win. Ohio State ended up winning, um, and then I picked Notre Dame to or to lose to Alabama. I was right in that, and then we had the championship. We had Alabama versus Ohio State. I would have picked uh, Alabama, and they ended up winning. It doesn't mean anything now that um, it already happened. Uh, but Devonte Smith had a great first half. Had two over two hundred fifteen yards, but. You know, my problem with it was that a lot of people were saying that this is the greatest receiver have ever seen, you know, living in the moment. But they forgot one, Michael Crabtree in 2007, his freshman year at Texas Tech. He had over 1,900 yards, almost 2,000. had, um, like, 113 yards or 113 receptions, about there at 22 touchdowns. This was as a freshman. He had a great year. Devontae Smith is a, a senior. didn't He didn't have that many yards. He had about 1,600, I believe. Um Michael Crabtree's freshman year alone st- is number three ranked best uh, college football receiving years, seasons of all time. That that one, that's the one I, I remember when I think of uh, best receiving seasons in college football history. Because then he followed that up his sophomore year uh, with, I want to say, 1,700 yards. He is the only two-time Boletnikoff Award winner, which awards the best college football wide receiver uh, for that season. He's the only one who, who won it twice. And then he, uh, he entered the draft after his sophomore year and got drafted by the 49ers. Didn't have a great professional career, but his college career, his two years, were unbelievable. He had that catch against Texas. Remember that? But Devontae Smith was impressive uh, you know, at Alabama this year. And that game, too, won the Heisman and, and deserved it. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be a, a top 10 pick probably. Um, yeah, he seems like a good kid. Uh, Najee Harris is a good kid too. Mac Jones. I'm not sold on Mac Jones quarterback, of Alabama. I don't know. He just, he had a great, he had the best offensive line in the country. had the best receivers and, uh, had a really good running back. So I don't know. I wasn't sold on that. Um, Ohio state, I guess they did belong in the college football playoff because they did. They, they blew out, um, Clemson beat Trevor Lawrence. um, Justin Fields, I don't know about Justin Fields. He might go high too, because uh, there's a lot of quarterback needy teams. Um, but, man, I've been really tired of these uh, these blowouts. It's three years in a row that there's a blowout in the for the college football playoff in the in the championship. So uh, that's been kind of annoying. But uh, with this win, Nick Saban passed uh, Bear, Paul Bear Bryant for the most uh, national championships. He's at. Seven national championships, um, so congrats to him. And he's showing no signs of slowing down, so um, yeah, he's just going to keep going. Uh, you know, it sucks to be a, a Houston fan. You know, you got the, the Astros. Their recent World Series is uh, negated by by cheating, the whole cheating scandal. And then, then Harden just gave up on the city of Houston. And then you traded him, and then now your star quarterback, franchise quarterback, the Texans, Deshaun Watson, uh, he requested a trade too because uh, they refused to uh, interview Eric Bieniemy, and so this one's a little different than the Harden thing because uh, he, uh, the Rockets management they had you know consulted with James and he had made some decisions for them, and you know he was definitely an influencer. Deshaun Watson, it didn't seem like he was asking for it. Um, you know, and I've been down on um, on on Watson in the past. I don't he's not Mahomes, like no one is really Mahomes, but he's in that second tier for sure. He had an unbelievable year. He had a great year statistically. the best year actually in in history of the NFL uh, for a team that won four games, actually. Um, he looked great. He was coming back from behind. He was doing everything he could. Um, you know, with what he had, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they fired their coach. They had a lot of moves. You know, they didn't have a consistent running game. There was a lot of issues there, but he still he still balled out. <clears throat> so that made me a believer, because um, you know I always thought everything kind of attributed to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But maybe you know it was like Matthew Stafford with Calvin Johnson, where you know they target their their number one receiver because they're great, and then when they're gone, they kind of spread the ball around like Matthew Stafford did that after, uh, Calvin Johnson retired. He was, he had better numbers. He was moving the ball around. Um, so maybe, uh, the same thing happened, uh, with Deshaun Watson, but, uh, this trade request is a little different because they said that, Hey, you know, we want to, we want to bring you in for, you know, hiring the GM. We want your input and hiring the coach and all that. And he's like, Hey, interview Eric B you know, and then they didn't, and everyone else did. And then he was just so furious with the direction of the team and the organization and, like, you know, their their lies, basically, because they told him. I mean, if you're going to tell someone, hey, you know, we want you to, uh, we want your input, then, you know, get his input, right? That only makes sense. Especially he's he's 26 years old. He's your star player. You know, he's the only reason why you guys are even relevant at all. Without him, you guys are, are instead of four wins, you get maybe you're 0-16 if you don't have him at quarterback. Right. Like who, who would you have other than that? You know, JJ Watt is, you know, aging, he's 31 now, but he hasn't looked as dominant as he has in the past. Um, and their defense isn't as good. And you know, they, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. So you want to do everything you can to keep Watson happy. He, they signed him to that fat contract. Um, but he, he can still be traded with that contract actually. So, um, yeah, he, he requested that trade, um but i don't think Houston's going to trade him They would be stupid to trade him and then the city of Houston would just be they would they would have no reason to watch their sports teams at all um but you know you can win a super bowl with Deshaun Watson he can win a super bowl if the 49ers had him this past year or the year before they'd win the super bowl uh maybe the saints could try to trade for him cuz you know Drew Brees m- might be retiring or we don't know what's going on with that the patriots could be interested um if I'm the Titans, I would try to trade for him. The Dolphins. Oh, actually, there was a rumor that, um I forgot to bring that up, uh, that Deshaun Watson would approve a trade because he has no trade clause. He can approve a trade from, like, anywhere he wants to go. And he would approve a trade to the Dolphins for Tua Viola And there's a report out there that the Dolphins players aren't believers in Tua. They don't think that he has the talent to compete with a Mahomes or Watson or or uh, you know, Josh Allen. There's one of the there's one of the players is quoted saying, like, oh, those are the guys we gotta compete against, right? Like, they don't believe that he's the guy. He's the one. You know, he struggled in his first year, came back from um, hip surgery, he had a major hip injury in, in college. There was no off season program, no preseason. So, like the first year, like just just throw it away. I know same circumstances for Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And Burrow looked good, and Herbert was amazing. He broke records and stuff, but not everyone's the same. You know, they need uh, you know different, different types of reps and things like that. And um, so, just give him some time. You know, he doesn't look good at all, but um, I would give him some time. I would give him some time. Um, but if I'm the Dolphins and that trade is real, I would make that trade because the Dolphins would be in the playoffs if they won that last game against Buffalo, but then got blown out when Buffalo was already secured in the playoffs. I mean, they finished the season 10-6, and, and he needed to win 11 games to make the playoffs. Um, and Ryan Tannehill, not Ryan Tannell. oh sorry, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he he had COVID, so then he couldn't play. Uh, but I think it might have been a different game if he played, but um, if they have Deshaun Watson, they win 12 games, 12-13 games, because they got a great defense. They need to address the running back situation, but uh, they got some weapons there. You know, they got some weapons. So in this case, I am with, the player I'm with Deshaun Watson I think he should be traded because I think he should be released from this uh, this black hole of a franchise because they've just made bad decision after bad decision over and over again they continue to just mess up and uh, I guess he thinks that the owner Bob McNair is a racist he made that comment about the uh, the prisoners in the asylum with the Kaepernick situation um, so he's just a really old school you know old billionaire white guy type of. Th- type of owner and you know some of these these players are you know they're more knowledgeable about this stuff so they don't they don't want to play for a guy like that um what else so we had the playoffs the wild card um i'll go over my picks i i told you something funky was going to happen but i picked the wrong funky thing um i thought washington uh, i thought alex smith was going to start he ended up Not starting, it was Tyler uh, Heineke, and he had a great game. Um, But I thought Washington was going to beat the Buccaneers. I thought that was going to be funky. But they played well, though. They they played really well. give them that. Um, They ended up losing 31-23. So now the Buccaneers play the Saints. Uh, The Saints blew out the Bears, like I thought, 21-9. The Bills barely beat the Colts. I knew that would be a close game. The Colts looked good, but um, the Bills didn't look particularly well. But uh, they're going to have to step up if uh, they're going to beat – uh, Baltimore. Uh so the funky thing that happened was the Rams and the Seahawks, the Seahawks won 30 to 20, but John Wolford was going to play and uh Jared Goff was listed as a emergency quarterback cuz he just had thumb surgery. And then John Wolford on like the first play gets hit in the head by uh Jamal Adams and he had to be rushed to the hospital, so they put in Jared Goff and Jared Goff had like the game of his life and they beat the Seahawks 30 to 20. Um, and that was that was just crazy to me. And uh, so the Rams move on, and Aaron Donald got injured, but it looks like he's gonna be okay. Um, and then uh, Browns beat the Ste- they blew out the Steelers. They had, the Steelers had like four turnovers in the in the first quarter, and the Browns were winning twenty eight to zero. Big Ben threw for over five hundred yards, had four interceptions, four touchdowns. Crazy game. They were just out of it from the beginning. I'm happy for the city of Cleveland, though. Um, that was one of the picks I got right. I got that one right. The Saints won right, and then the Bills won. Um, and then I got the other three wrong. Uh, the Titans, the Ravens. The Ravens look good. Uh, Lamar Jackson had that great run. What was he at? The 45? It was like a 55-yard uh, touchdown or something like that, but broke through the defense. Uh, they stopped Derrick Henry. Their defense played really well. Uh, Derrick Henry couldn't get anything done. Um, so then they're pretty much forcing Ryan Tannehill to beat them. Uh, but yeah, the Ravens are good. They look like a different team because the Titans, they beat them in the playoffs. And then I think I said earlier uh, last episode that they played them early this season, but they actually played them week 11. So they played them later. So that might've been to uh, the Ravens advantage. Uh, but these teams don't like each other. That's a rivalry uh, there for sure that we could look forward to in the future. Um, so the next slate of games, a divisional round this weekend, got the Rams and Packers playing at Lambeau Field. Um, I'm going to take the Packers. Um, I think the Packers are favored there um and then the bills and ravens i think uh I, bills are favorite man the ravens are really good i know i um they're on a six game winning streak by the way last time when i was talking about the ravens a few podcasts ago they were they were six and five i believe or five and six or no no six and five six and five um and but the remaining schedule it was kind of easy so that they could it could help them get in the flow of things help lamar jackson um get comfortable again because it seemed like people kind of figured him out but um uh, you know they were able to counter, seems like. So um they're kind of spreading spreading the ball there and they're they're looking they're looking good. Their defense is looking great too and that and their defense is gonna need to come through if they're gonna beat the Bills. I'm still gonna beat the Bills. Um both of these guys are are they both young teams, young quarterbacks, uh you know Lamar Jackson getting his first playoff victory victory, which is always great. <clears throat> but I'm gonna stick with my initial pick um, I'm gonna go with the bills to beat the Ravens. Um, I guess back on the Packers and Rams. I'm, I'm picking the Packers cause Aaron Rodgers looks pretty much unstoppable right now. And Jared Goff, uh, Jared Goff did look great against, uh, the Seahawks, but I'm not sure if he could replicate that again. The only way the Rams are going to win is by their defense. If, uh, Aaron Donald is, is healthy enough to, uh, disrupt the pocket there for Aaron Rodgers. And then on Sunday, we got the Browns and the chiefs. Um, Really happy for the Browns for winning that. Um, that was a good pick on my end that I'm proud of. But, you know, they're playing the Chiefs. Um, and I will admit that the Chiefs haven't looked good at all. Uh, you know, not not that they haven't looked good. They've looked good, but they haven't looked dominant like they have in the past. Or like they have the capability to be. They look like they just let teams hang around for a bit. Um, so the way the Browns can win is if uh, they're able to control the clock You know, and the way that they could do that is with their running game, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb looked amazing uh, last week against the Steelers. He's one of the best running backs in the league. Um, So that's the way they could do it and keep the ball out of um, Baker's hands, pretty much get it out of of his hands quick. They'll get their uh, their offensive lineman back and they'll get uh, Kevin Stefanski back. So they're getting some help back for this game, uh, which you know they'll definitely need. But um, if they get the if they let the Chiefs hang around, you know, if they or if they're getting field goals instead of touchdowns, um, you know, a few a few drives here and there, then the then the Chiefs are going to win. But, you know, if they're able to get some turnovers off Patrick Mahomes and then, you know, um, get some touchdowns off of those turnovers, then they can win the game. But, uh, uh you know, I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs. I'm picking the Chiefs, Bills, Packers, and the Saints and Bucks is uh is a night game on for Sunday. Which is, is very exciting. You got Tom Brady and you got uh, Drew Brees. Might be the last time that they're going to play each other. Um, now, uh, these are both teams in the same division, and they've played each other twice already this season, and the Saints have won both games. And, you know, I, I want to pick the Buccaneers because I don't want to bet against Tom Brady. I've already bet against him before, and, but the Saints getting back. Uh, Michael Thomas and him and Drew Brees were able to connect almost immediately the last game against Chicago. Uh, Buccaneers' are defense is better than um, the Bears is right now. The Bears just have, have been kind of lost lately. Um, but, yeah, I think the matchup against uh, Sean Payton and, and Bruce Arians is a good one. Um, I think Sean Payton is a better um, offensive guru, I guess, if you will. Everyone's a fucking guru now, but... Um, yeah, I'm. Gonna, I'll say. I know the money line. The I think the spread is is three points. I think the Saints are favored by three. Um. So I'll take the Saints to win. I'll take that. I'll take the points. I'll, I'll take the Saints to win by three. Um. Uh, it's gonna be a very close game, but this game I'm gonna have my eyes on just because you know Tom Brady and and Drew Brees might not be able to see them anymore. Um. And I I think it's going to be the most exciting game, actually, because the Chiefs, you know, they could pull away from the Browns. Bills and Ravens, I'm really excited about that one too. Uh, Packers and Rams, and I think the Packers might win uh, pretty handily there. So those are my picks uh, for the divisional round. uh, Based off of the wild card round, I was 3-for-3, so I would not listen to me and and place a bet by what I say. I had a nice little parlay going, uh, but then I lost immediately when... When the early game uh, for the Ravens and the Titans happened And the and the Titans lost I was a big believer in the Titans so Derek Henry was just going to run all over everyone But that wasn't the case uh, So some good games to, to look forward to there um, What else? I think that's about it I got Thank you for joining me for this episode Wear your mask Keep your distance Stay safe And all that good stuff All right, I'll be back next week probably.